What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeals Sports Columnist. I am joined by our new full-time Tiger Basketball beat writer, Jason Munns. He's a familiar face on this podcast, but now he's uh, got a well-deserved promotion. Jason, how does, how, does the, how does the beat writer title fit so far? I first of all thank you for that glowing introduction. That was very nice of you uh, for those to 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 introduce me that way. Um, no, it feels good. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm um, anxious to. Uh, I mean, I've been doing it for a little while now. It was on an interim basis at first, and now it's now it's been made permanent. And uh, and so yeah, I'm I'm very excited and um, looking forward to looking forward to. Uh, to you know bringing people bringing people the news and I don't I don't know I'm lost giving them an inside look yeah. at the team well you've joined the beat at a fantastic time for the program that's what everybody has, I mean, I mean why, abs- pe- why are people saying that but I mean I don't what understand. Do you mean why <laughs> I don't I don't get it I don't get it yeah well it's like the opposite of like me like everyone everyone's telling me like oh you're finally going to get to cover like a real tiger basketball team um this year i mean i i joined it probably one of the low points when i started i i came in halfway through tubby's first year and i guess it was basically like my first three weeks they were doing pretty good there was like a time there where you thought maybe they'd be a bubble team with D- during Dedrick lawson's last year and then like february they fell off a cliff and then obviously you had the juco season uh the first juco season and tubby's last season and then i I was the columnist last year during penny's first year so my my time as beat right i probably had the one of the lower win-loss percentages of tiger basketball beat writers here at the commercial appeal my guess is you are going to have a much higher win win percentage i think you're probably right but i i almost in a way i mean is it not better for you? You get to like sort of take a step back at this time, uh, away from the the day to day beat grind, and and you did it last year some, but um, but this is your second year, Penny's second year. I mean, oh yeah, you, it's I mean, being calmness is great. I, I don't necessarily miss being the beat writer. Sometimes right. I do. It's like fu- there's certain parts of being the beat writer that are a lot of fun in that you're. You're just there, boots on the ground, right? So much, and you actually you get to know the players a little better, um, and you get a little closer to the program. Like you have to main you have to maintain a certain distance as columnist because you're gonna be it's your job to give an opinion right, and right. be critical, and you don't want to get too close to the people that you're covering. But there's certainly fun in your oh heck yeah! It's not like it's a bore. I mean, no. you're, you're going to have some fun this year, too. This season <laughs> no, too. yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Well, it's been a while since we did one of these a podcasts. A while, yeah. Yeah, and a lot's happened. The the a Memphis lot. basketball team's gone to the Bahamas. We've gotten sort of our first taste yep. or, or a lick, as uh, Lance <laughs> yeah. Thomas put it, yeah. of what this team could look like this season. Not a bite, a lick. Yeah, just not, a lick. Just a lick. And uh, there's been some recruiting developments. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's start. we're starting to get to that point now as we reach almost September where the 2020 recruiting class, while I don't think it will be finalized till 
April, just like this past one. It's starting to take shape Mm -hmm. in terms of who the main targets are, when they're coming to Memphis, you know, what Memphis's chances are with them. So we'll get into all that here, but I wanted to start with the Bahamas. You were there, Jason, and it was it's it was a week and a half ago now. Um and you know, everyone sort of knows what happened in the games. You know, obviously Memphis won all four games. Really only had really I don't know. I don't even know if I'd say they had a tough game at all, but if you listen to Penny, he feels that there was that one game against the Bahamas national team where they got challenged somewhat. Um but I think more so than being judging what this team is going to do this year based off that because obviously James Wiseman and Precious Achua didn't play I think it was more informative in terms of just the individual players more so than what to expect from the team like I went into this Bahamas trip thinking this was going to be a really good team and I had nothing about what happened changed my mind right now but I will say it seems like my the opinion or the outlook on certain players yes. did change. So yes. I'm curious, what were some of your key takeaways from those from that whatever it was a week long trip to the Bahamas and the four games they played, getting your first look up close at what this team looked like? I mean, first and foremost, and this should come as no shock to anybody, but Damian Ball just just skyrocketed in terms of, I mean, his stock just took off in the mm-hmm. Bahamas. I mean, he. He, uh, he looked. I would say he looked of the freshmen that played the most comfortable mm-hmm. on the court. I mean, there were times where, you know, Boogie Ellis was looked like a freshman. There were times where a very good freshman, but still a freshman. Um, DJ Jeffries had his had his moments where he. Didn't necessarily disappear, but I mean, and indeed, that's kind of getting ahead of myself. DJ Jeffries was also one of my biggest takeaways in terms of just what type of potential he has. Um, but, uh, but you know, he he would sort of disappear every once in a while. Lester Canonis would also, um, you know, outside of uh, his, I mean, he 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 rebounded a lot better than I thought he would. Um, but Damian Ball is the total package. I mean, he, he was he, their leading rebounder. I mean, yeah. Talk about rebounding. Yeah. 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 And, um, and averaged almost 10 points a game, something like that, 10 or 13 points a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was the one who, um, opened, opened the most eyes. I feel like, uh, back here in Memphis and, and certainly down in the Bahamas. He, um, it's just, it just, Obviously, him being the least heralded recruit of the star-studded seven-member number one recruiting class in the country, he was the least heralded. I mean, very few people, uh, you know, knew much about him. I mean, he was still a high-profile, still like a four-star recruit, right? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, he's still a a nice recruit, but Mm -hmm. compared to the others, but then he goes out there and just, just, I mean, when he was on the floor, he took over. Well, I think what's what's really intriguing about him is he's just such a different type of player than anything they have on the roster. Yeah. Um and he's not in the dirty work. I mean that's the yeah. thing is like he is he thrives on the dirty work. Well and he's he's just when you have this you mentioned he's the least heralded. When you have this many five stars, you got guys like you know and you have this many guys that need shots. Having a guy in the lineup 
who doesn't need shots to put his imprint on the game, I think is going to be extremely valuable this season. Like Damian Ball is a guy who could probably attempt four or five shots and may, you know, and maybe be the best player on the floor yeah. type of guy. Like he can facilitate. He's a dog defensively. He can rebound and start the break for you. Um, he, he gets to the free throw line. I mean, he about his only. I mean, his weakness is he's not a good shooter. Right. Or he's not, has not shown. He's not a great shooter. He's not a knockdown. But guy. I don't he's think not, they need him to, with that. With the amount of shooting they appear yeah. to have on this team, I don't think they need him to be a knockdown shooter right. whatsoever. Like could he, could he, he just needs to be able one? to keep. He just needs to be able to keep defenses honest because you, you know that that'll be the only thing. But I think he's good enough of a shooter, having watched him in AAU um, quite a bit. I think he'll be good enough as a shooter to keep defenses honest. And then, obviously, I mean, just what he brings to you defensively and his length. I mean, he's yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be very intriguing to watch, and it's just a a valuable piece for this team. And it's a it's perfect it's a perfect example of why it's nice, I guess, to have get four or five five stars like it'd be you know if you had a class like duke had last year but there's also value in having like a well-rounded class with some balance yeah with some guys who you know maybe aren't going to be one and done nba players like i just think there's having some veterans having some guys who are more comfortable playing a role Mm -hmm. is i mean is extremely valuable and i think Damien you saw that with Damien on this trip yeah like the one thing that that kept crossing my mind as we were down there uh watching these games you know uh there were only the four of the seven freshmen that played and so uh, being a, a wrestling fan that I am I kept I kept thinking it, it was it was um drawing comparison like I said I was thinking like in terms of the four horsemen Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, using that analogy, Damian Ball would be the enforcer, like bar, bar none. Like he he would be he would be the Arn Anderson of the group. <laughs> I mean the the the, the strong, mm-hmm. silent, quiet type. Does he bring brass knuckles onto the floor. I mean whatever. I'm sure he'd do whatever it takes. <laughs> I mean that's what enforcers do, man. Yeah. So you said uh, you said DJ Jeffries was also another guy who stood out to you. Yeah, just his. Uh, upside his ceiling is so high it feels like after watching him in the Bahamas um he can do so many different things and I mean the fact that he's also uh extremely versatile I mean you know Penny has said this over and over and over again this offseason is he wants to play positionless basketball well DJ Jeffries is going to be a big 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 part of that I mean Mm -hmm. he can play one through five I mean I don't he, know if you'd use him as a point guard, but they, yes. Hey, he brought it up the court a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. I mean, he can do it. He yeah. can he can bring the ball up the floor if you need him to. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to necessarily run the offense around him at the point, but uh he can guard one through five if you need him to, depending on what the other team's rolling out there. I mean, um but yeah, no, he he uh DJ He's their leading scorer, I believe, yeah. d- during the trip. Double doubles in three of the four games, I think. Yeah, the rebounding was very impressive because he was play with Precious not playing due yeah. to visa issues. DJ was playing the four a lot. I, I'm, I'm curious at how much they'll do that in the regular season. Doesn't feel like it's going to be a ton. Um, and I'm curious. I mean, we can get into this later, but Penny's going to have some tough choices to make in terms yeah. of starters. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, and I think DJ is the one where it's like, do you want to start three guards or do you want to start three forwards, essentially? Well, um, and I think it's going to depend. And DJ would be the kind of the tipping point, if you will, on that. Like, will he start? If you start him, you're starting three forwards or three two forwards in a center. Um, and if you're not, you're starting three guards. Right. Well, yeah, it's I I, I think that's going to be the biggest um, fluctuation throughout the season is, you know, I feel like you could start DJ half the time. Well, and I think Penny's – I mean, we saw last year. Penny's going to – I mean, he went with a consistent starting lineup at the end of the year last year with the seniors, but he changed his starting lineup quite a bit until yeah. he got to that point. And I think you'll – especially non-conference play, I think you're going to see several different – variations of yeah. starting lineups i think so too there. yeah i think so too um my one thing with dj i've said this on the radio and and just before he always looks really good against inferior competition right right it's it was in the eybl what concerned me about him as a prospect is when he went up against guys who were just as athletic and at that same level as him, he tended to disappear a little bit. He had moments. He wasn't consistent enough against high-level competition. And I just no, – nothing they went against in the Bahamas I would classify as high-level competition. For sure. And so, so you, you, it's not to say like like with, what he did in the Bahamas was really encouraging. But take it with a grain of salt. And it sounds like in practices – this is just this is just a continuation of what he's shown in the workouts right. as well. Like he's looked really good, mm-hmm. but the telltale will be like when we get to that Oregon game early in the year. What does he do in that game when he's going up against guys who are going to be as athletic or more athletic than him, and he has to rely on his skill set? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's what I think needed to be developed more. And I think that's what you saw. You saw it a more developed skill set in the Bahamas, pulling up for mid range jumpers. And, you know, because DJ, like in transition, has always been fantastic. He's always been a good rebounder for his size, for his position. Right. Um, it's the skill set. It's like he can hit a three pointer, but he hadn't, he didn't do it consistently a lot. He was more streaky. Yeah. You know, he can take someone off the drill. Like I, I'll, I distinctly remember a couple years ago watching him in AAU when he was going up against RJ Barrett and he had a couple moves and he, he played it, he played his ass off and like went toe to toe with RJ Barrett. And you're like, this guy looks phenomenal. Yeah. And then the next game had four points. Right, right. You know, right, like right, that's right. sort of his, sometimes his issue. Right. Like when he really put it, put his mind to it against RJ Barrett, like, I mean, his team won the game and yes, RJ got his, but DJ got his, yeah. you know? And yeah. so he, he's going to be a fascinating guy to watch. Cause I think you're right. His ceiling is really high. Yep. Um, it's just, but it's just staying at that. It's just keeping him there. Yes, and it's just fi- yeah, and it's figuring out exactly what he is for this team. Is he a three? Is right. he a four? I know they're saying they're playing positionless basketball, but you're gonna have to figure. Or is he? You know, do you want to go really big and play him at the two? Like you can, right. you have all those options with him. Yeah, um, and that's gonna be that. You that's a good uh, segue there. Um, I my other one of my other primary takeaways from the Bahamas was just the. I guess you can classify it as a takeaway, but it's the 
um, what 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 we saw, how much different will it look with James Wiseman and Precious Achua on the floor? I mean, yeah. how much better can we expect some of these guys to be? I mean, and if that's the case, Penny said it himself. It's a scary proposition. Yeah, to, to think. no, it's it's. I mean, they've got a lot of they've got more shooting than any Memphis team in recent memory. I mean, Lester Canonas can hit shots. Boogie can hit shots. Um, DJ can hit shots. Um, Lance can hit shots. Um, am I forgetting anyone? Jaden Hardaway can hit from outside if they decide to use him at all. Yeah, I mean, um, and and Damian's not that bad. I mean, if he if you Tyler can hit shots. We forgot about Tyler correct. Harris. Tyler Harris. Some of my some of the things I found interesting. Tyler Harris only one turnover on the entire trip. That was a good sign. And then in that Bahamas national game, I thought he really shined in crunch time. Um, yeah, Tyler Harris. Yeah, that oh was, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a good sign. You're because that's one thing I'm concerned about with this team is just you know they just don't have guys who've been through it before. Yeah. And Tyler, I mean, it's limited, I guess, but it, with this team, in the context of this team, he's an experienced guy. That's yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought up Tyler Harris and and Alex Lomax. I'll throw him in there. That's another one of the big takeaways was that just how. Um, I mean, they didn't look drastically different, but they did look improved. I mm-hmm. mean, outside of one game uh, in the Bahamas, Tyler Harris's shot selection was, I thought, markedly better than it. It feels like he has matured and grown. Yeah, the first game he was just throwing them up correct. There. Yeah, yeah, the first game he was like five of thirteen or like five three of, of 13. four of fifteen. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. something like last year, but mm-hmm. uh, but the rest of the week. Well, and you mentioned like how are they going to look different? Like a guy like Tyler, I think, is going to get such good looks yeah. because of Precious and James. And, James. Yeah. Um, and, and even then, Lance a little bit. I mean, you know, yeah. throw him in there too. Yeah. No, it's it's such a deep team, and it really is. Um, I, like I'm fascinated with the starting lineup because, like, for instance, like the thing I'm concerned about, like I thought Boogie was fine. Like, I think he's still finding his way a little bit. But this question of whether he's a point guard or not is still hanging out there. Like, I think from watching the games, he's really good at creating his own shot. Like, he might be the best guard they've got at creating his own shot. Yeah. I didn't see the facilitating for others part of it. And that's what, like, as the point guard, and, and maybe Damian Ball, you know, because he's gonna maybe start like that f- that changes it, but like Boogie averaged one point five assists per game, and the point guard for this team, and it looks like it might be Ball, but like with how many weapons they have, needs to be able to create for others yes. because a lot of people need shots, um, and maybe it's maybe this it because Damian's taller, maybe it's you're starting Damian and Boogie, um. And then the question is, do you start Lester or, or DJ, DJ Jeffries? Yeah. I'm thinking after watching the Bahamas trip, and this could change. Like my starting lineup, I would go Ball, Canones, Jeffries, Achua, um, and Wiseman. Wiseman. Now the question is, were I don't know if promises is the right word, but in the recruiting process, right, right, were right. what was said to guys like Boogie and DJ about their roles. Um, that um, that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but there's so many options, and I actually do think. I mean, if we go through it, you've got so 
um, Boogie, Damien, Lester, DJ, Precious, James, Lance, Lomax, Tyler Harris. Ryan Boyce, Jaden Hardaway. Yeah, I'm not including those two yet. Who are other guys you feel like have to play? I'm forgetting someone. Did I say Boogie? Yeah, no, I think that's it. So I there's nine? Yeah. Like, And then do you play more than that? There's more than that. I'm trying to think. There's also Dandridge if he gets healthy. Right, oh, right. Isaiah Maurice. Isaiah like, Maurice. I right. ultimately think when it gets down to it in the games where like the big games, so to speak, like as nice as it is to think they can go like with an 11 or whatever man rotation, like it's going to be in a nine man rotation. Yeah. Like, like I know they want to press and whatever, but like it's going to be hard enough to get those nine guys enough time. Yeah. There's going to be a couple of guys I feel like who get three to five minutes a game. I mean, depending on how the game's going. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I think, I think realistically it's a nine man it's a nine-man game um, on most nights, I would say. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on how things are going. I mean, there's going to be games where, you know, they're going to be up 20, yeah. you know, no, and then midway through the second half. Everyone will get in. Yeah, everyone will get in. And then that's going to skew the averages a little bit. Well, and the other thing that's interesting, there's now a new player on the team that's who right. didn't go to the Bahamas. That's right. Isaiah Stokes, the Memphis. six eight two seventy at last check. Yeah. I'm not so sure after – Seeing him with my own eyes, uh, and uh, and you can weigh in on this too because you saw him as well uh, earlier this month. But he didn't look two seventy to me. He looked like he's in decent shape. Yeah, right now. yeah. Um, but Memphis native, younger brother of Jarnell Stokes, um, played for Penny with Team Penny f- in, in, coming up in high school. Was also a big time football recruit. Yeah. At a, was he at Lausanne? Yeah, offensive yeah. line. Yeah. I believe. <laughs> um. Played it based tore his ACL, redshirted his first year at Florida because of that. Then played last year, played in twenty six games, had kind of a limited role. And the word out of Florida was he was he struggled with his conditioning, like yeah. he was not in great shape. Um, and but I think it's a decent. I I don't mind the signing in the sense that one I think they're gonna try. I, there's talk that he's gonna apply for a waiver and try to get be eligible for this year. I find it. I mean, we'll see. You can always tell a good story, I guess, and right. convince the NCAA. But ultimately, like if we're looking at the circumstances, it appears Kerry Blackshear, the grad transfer from Virginia Tech committed to Florida and then Isaiah Stokes decided to leave. Right, right. Um but even if he sits out this year. Right. I think it's a good pickup because like we were talking about with Damian Ball, like let's say, I, to me like best case scenario obviously the guy becomes a, your starting four or whatever down the for 2 years. Um and that'd be great. That'd be great. But even let's say he's your third big man. Yeah. Like you need veteran like veteran guys to sort of aid these big time recruits that we presume penny is going to continue to bring in and this one and done freshman like you need i think like that's one of the weakness the i don't know if it's a weakness but it's a concern for this team is the lack of experience right and so you want you i think you want to have guys like isaiah stokes even if he's just your third big man Mm -hmm. like as a he'll be like a 21 and 22 year old 
on this team, a guy who you can count on, who you can turn to, who gives you kind of a change of pace because he's more of a traditional big. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you know, you don't have a lot of bigs in the program. You know, let's assume Wiseman and Precious aren't here after next this season. You've got Lance for one more year. You've got Malcolm Dandridge, and that's really it in terms of bigs. Yeah. So depending on how this next recruiting. Yeah, no, but right now, but right like now as yeah. of right now, yeah, sure. like that's all you got. So, I think it's an intriguing pickup. I think it'll. I I honestly think it might even. Uh, you want to get him eligible this year just because he's gonna because he redshirted already. He's gonna lose a year no matter what. Yeah, you know, which is a shame. Um, and I don't think he'll be able to get like a sixth year of eligible. I mean, may, who knows? May, again, you can always tell a good story, but yeah. Well, I mean that ACL. Yeah, but you then know. he played 26 games this year. Yeah. Like, that's going to be the problem with any waiver request he makes. It's just like with Lance. Like, right, Lance right. tried to get a waiver, and, like, ultimately, he played for Louisville his first year. <laughs> right. Like, if he had left Louisville right when Rick Patino got fired, right. the argument of, I didn't know what I was getting into, and I didn't realize they were going to fire Rick Pitino, that might have worked. Right. But he ultimately played that year. And it's the same with Isaiah. He can say, like, I don't know what he'll say. To me, it's going to have to be like a sick relative or something. <laughs> um, yeah, you hate to be that cynical, right, right, but like right. that's the type of thing that that's the only type of thing I can think of that will get him a waiver. Um, but to me, if he's going to claim like you know, uh, my knee wasn't fully healed, like you played twenty six games, yeah, and right. so um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. My, like I said, my educated guess is. He's gonna sit out this year, just like Lance sat out last year. Right, and and like you said, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, especially like I don't, you know, there's gonna be a guy like Isaiah Maurice is barely gonna get on the floor this year. Yeah, yeah, maybe, um, or not barely, but he's gonna have a limited role. Let's limited, say. Yeah. Um, and then if Malcolm Dandridge gets healthy, although if I'm if I'm Penny, I'm thinking about redshirting him too. I, you know. Unless he's back for uh, like, if he's gonna miss the first couple months of the season, I know he's saying he's gonna be back by the beginning. But like, given what he's missed this off season, he's not gonna be ready till conference play. Would be my guess. Yeah, I would. I would think about redshirting him too. Um, no doubt, Andrews. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's been out. Unless you really less. feel like, unless like, unless like Lance, someone gets hurt, like Lance gets hurt, right? Or, you know, Precious, God forbid, or Wiseman, right. God forbid, gets hurt, right? Um, then, then you maybe, can, you know, then you, you then it's almost automatic. I yeah. Think. If you yeah. lose somebody, then, you, then yeah. you, and if, and if he's not, if he's, you know, close enough, then you do it. And, um, I mean, I mean, to tell the truth though, I mean, if you have, if you have, you know, lofty, lofty goals, which we know they do, I mean, do you consider say, let's say, James Lance Precious, let's say they play a lot, mm-hmm. and they and, are. You, and you can yeah, <laughs> and I mean like from from jump, let's say they play a lot, and you figure, uh, you know you figure you figure by I don't know January you need some type of reinforcement. Now that's not necessarily altogether fair to Malcolm, but. If you're thinking in terms of the team and you want to give some guy, you know, if you guys uh, a chance to, you know, if you if you if you can add a reinforcement in January, wouldn't you, mm-hmm. you know, for the betterment of the team, wouldn't you, you know, yeah. to get to give these guys James Lance 
Um, it's a we'll see thing. Precious, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't think it's, you know, if you're thinking in terms of the team goals, I would, I would, if I, if it were me, I would think that um, not redshirting Malcolm would be. You just don't want least under consideration. Yeah, no, I'm sure it is. You, I to me, I just wouldn't want to waste a year of his eligibility. I know, I know. That's for him to play five minutes a game right. here or there, yeah, which no. is like what it might end up being yeah and like yeah. i don't know if that's i mean i'm sure malcolm would do it and wants to play on this team but like right ultimately if i'm in his camp and thinking about his career i'd rather keep four years of eligibility than have a role like that but we'll see i mean maybe like i said we don't know how it's going to ball play out yeah. you know he could be healthy from day one that's you know what, he could yeah, be healthy other, in october that's the other and thing. you know and then and prove him you know and work his way into the rotation type of thing so, right be fascinating to see and then for, as we wrap this thing up i wanted to get into recruiting a little bit Let's because we're we're inching closer and closer the signing period is in november beginning of november um and it looks like some it looks like the pecking order of targets has developed um jalen green is their top target um He's he says he's going to announce on December 25th, Christmas Day. Yep. He took an official visit here um, last year. Last Memphis Madness, right? No, it was like right before or right after Memphis Madness. Him and R.J. Hampton came. I think it was before Memphis Madness. Okay. Um, him and R.J. Hampton came together. And um, it looks like the main competition for him is Kentucky. Yep. Um, then you've got Greg Brown. Who re- another top ten recruit recently scheduled a co- uh, an official visit for January fourth, I believe, 4th, the week it, for the Georgia game this year. Correct. Um, he's a guy who's from right outside Austin, Texas. So Texas is considered one of the main is a main competitor for him and UNC as well. Yep. I think he's scheduled visits to those two. Florida, right? I'm not- is Michigan in there too? No, that's for Jaden Springer. That's for Springer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then so Jaden Springer, right? Um, you reported this week he's 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 got Memphis in his top five, another top twenty guard recruit. He's he's gonna come here September fourteenth. September fourteenth is correct. Yeah, I yeah, talked to a couple weeks from now. Yep, talked to his mother and she said they're gonna be here the thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Um, but I guess technically the fourteenth is his visit date. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah. Um, and that's a guy he's got. UNC is also really involved with him. Michigan, Tennessee. Tennessee. And Florida. Uh, and Florida. Um, I've heard I've heard UT is in, in is in a good spot with him. That's gonna that's gonna be in a very interesting recruitment just because it's kind of the the first time UT and Memphis Memphis have gone heads up right, for, for a recruit for in, since Penny got here. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, gonna be fun to watch. Um and the and the, uh, the interesting thing about Jay. And he's Springer, gonna announce early. Yeah, too. right. Is he's gonna the, the the word that I'm getting from people that I've talked to is yeah, he's gonna commit um, relatively early in the process. And uh, another thing that I talked to his mom about the other day is she said, uh, I, I said, are you kind of leaning one way or the other, you know, just trying to gauge their, 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 the way he's thinking. And she said, no, that's why, that's why every visit that we've scheduled is, is very important. Interesting. I mean, you know, of course. Well, his dad is a former basketball player, I believe. That is correct. Is it Dennis Springer? Uh, that's That sounds right. Yeah, he played it. It wasn't VCU. I should I should know this better off the top of my head. But, yeah, he was a, a pretty good, I think, I want to say like an All-American. Yeah. So, um, and then you've got, we should mention, Greg Brown is definitely going to decide late. 
um, obviously given the the January fourth visit, and um, and then you've got uh, Maddie Sissoko. Um, he's African, correct? Yeah, he's from Mali. From Mali, but plays at a school in Utah, Wasatch Academy. He's going to visit here, what, in like a week or so? Uh, September 3rd. Yeah, so like a week yeah. or so. Um, he's a top 50 big man who Penny watched in July. I think they got they, he got on their radar, what, at the, N- the NBA Players Association camp? Does that sound right? That's right. Back in, what would that have been? June. June, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, he's, like, uh, he's like a potential Wiseman replacement, right? Yes. I yeah. mean, that, that, that's... From the people that I've talked to, he is their number one target to um, fill that role of James Wiseman. He's mm-hmm. only six nine. Mm-hmm. He's not seven one. He's like six eight six nine. But the people that I've talked to said that doesn't matter. He plays. He plays much bigger than he actually is. Um, extremely high energy guy. Uh, exceptional rebounder. Um, scoring. He's got some work to do there uh, as a scorer, but. Just his energy and his defensive ability and rebounding ability uh, have people really excited. And again, he's 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 probably again he's he's the number one uh, target to uh, you know for the five um, for Memphis. It, who else is in on him? Who are the kind of main? Well, BYU was uh, and broke his hand (laughs) on the trip or something. Yes, yes, Uh, he was riding on the back of a four wheeler with a current or a three wheeler, one of the two, uh, on while he was like taking a visit there with a current BYU player, and it turned over and he put his hand out and it broke. Uh, He tried to break his fall with his hand, and instead his hand broke. So. the, the thinking is that that probably uh, took BYU takes BYU out of the running for him. Um, Isn't Oregon involved with him? Maybe Oregon? Did you say? Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. Michigan I'm State, Michigan I know State. for sure is. Yeah. Well, we, when we and Kentucky, I think is when we yeah. were, we saw him play in Atlanta in July, and Tom Izzo was there. Oh yeah. Penny was there. Penny was there. John Calipari was there. Oh, yeah. Like there, you know, he even though his ranking doesn't suggest right now the type of recruit, the type of recruiting profile he has. Although it has gone up, right? right. I think that in the most recent rankings that came out, he he kind of vaulted ahead uh, pretty significantly. I don't know off the top of my head, but um, yeah, just he's a four star. Uh, but he's only been playing basketball for three years. Interesting. And um, so and he played for a team sponsored by Jimmer Fredette. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did. Uh, but no, he uh, he uh, he's he is somebody uh, Memphis wants and is targeting him for uh, to be sort of James's replacement, along with Isaiah Todd. Um, yeah, that one strikes. I'll be honest, as someone I know Todd's some of the people around Todd. He's from Baltimore. He he. He's from Baltimore originally, moved to Richmond, and now plays in North Carolina. Um, I still think he's going to North Carolina. Um, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Um, but, yes, he's an intriguing prospect. Um, anyone else? People, I guess there's Cliff Omarui, um, who Mike Miller has been recruiting. I don't think they've offered him yet. I think he's like the backup plan if Sissoko falls through. Yeah, I think you're right. Um He's another top fifty-ish type big man. Yep. Who they're looking at. Yep. Don't forget um, about Chris Moore. Oh yeah, Chris Moore, the West Memphis uh, 
forward. He's got a visit here, I think, in a week as well, right? Or is it this weekend? Or is he doing well, like an unofficial this weekend? Yeah, right? yeah. I think he changed his plans. It's uh, it it was supposed to be this weekend, um, and instead he's still he's still coming this weekend, um, and, but he's pushed his official back a couple of weeks. How many scholarships do we think they're going to have? I mean, they're going to lose. Man, that's a good question. They're going to lose Maurice. They're full now with Stokes yep. signed up, but they're going to lose Maurice. Let's presume they lose Wiseman, Precious. Um, you could, I mean, it, you know, I mean, anyone else? There are, are they, other guys who have. Uh, now the question is, like, you'll probably have a player to transfer, like every there'll program be some does. There will be some attrition. My guess is they can add five. I would say if they want to. I think here's what I think. I think regardless, there's going to be. They're thinking they're going to have four. Mm-hmm. If if if. If it just you know if it goes the way they expect it to, they're they're looking at four and they want two bigs and two guards. That's that's kind of their blueprint for this for this class. Interesting. Um, now I I do I think, think the Jalen Green thing is the linchpin of it all. In that if he announces for Memphis on December twenty fifth, just like with James last year, there's going to be guys, big time guys, who want to play with him. Yep. Um, and so that's the big question. I guess we'll hear from Jaden and Maddie early, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, Jaden Springer and Maddie Sissoko. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Jalen Green is the centerpiece of this class. If they get him, they could, they have a chance to get a number one recruiting class again. Right, yeah. I mean, it's it's the thing, like you said, with James Wiseman. Once they got him, they could start cherry picking and, and yeah. really going after some... Uh, and I think there's targets that haven't even... like it, Just like last time, like how kind of precious kind of broke late and boogie broke late yeah, and lester broke late like late. like i think the the thing that this staff and penny and mike in particular have shown is they can get involved with kids very quickly right you know they don't need a lot of time to work their way in in with some of these high profile kids so yeah gonna be fascinating to watch this whole season's just gonna be a blast um yeah it is and the other thing about that is there's not They've proven they can flip kids. Yes. I mean, you know, they don't need uncommitted. They don't need to go after uncommitted guys. They can go after whoever they want. They got Boogie to flip from Duke and DJ to flip from Kentucky, and so. Well, uh, technically, those guys flip before they committed to Memphis. Well, I guess that's true. They, I guess I should. It depends how cynical you want to be here, Jason. Right, right, right. right. Um, yeah, but well, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> DJ decommitted from Kentucky several months before he committed to Memphis. True. That's true. And. Uh, Boogie, Boogie was like a couple it, of weeks. I well, think. the Boogie's decommitment or de- uh, what I mean, they let him out of his NLI. It was yeah. there was some you know, it was amicable, I right, guess is how right. you could phrase it with Duke. Yeah. Um so it wasn't like Memphis stole him from Duke. Like no. Duke had to let him go from his NLI and they yeah. did. Yeah. So um it's gonna be very interesting. And then you got the twenty twenty one class where there's five guys locally who are ranked in the top sixty right now, including Kennedy Chandler, who's now a five star. And so, and then we forgot to mention Matt Morrell, who announced his top five, and Memphis wasn't in it. Um, that's going to be a fascinating recruitment to watch, even though Memphis doesn't appear to be involved anymore, just because it seems like Memphis pulled off of him yeah. in July. Like they, I don't know if they would have gotten him, but I think they could have gotten in his top five if they wanted to. But they decided, you know, they've got Jalen Green, Jaden Springer. They got some guys who I think they have as a higher priority. And the question is. Will they end up regretting that at all if Jalen Green or Jaden Springer end up somewhere else? Um, it's it's a it's a it's a risk that they're taking, 
but obviously it's a calculated risk. They, you know, they, they, they obviously feel good about their chances with these yeah. um, national prospects. Yep. And going back, uh, Jaden Springer's father is Gary Springer. Okay. Uh, was a, a two-time all-conference guy at Iona and a sixth-round NBA draft pick of the 76ers back in the back in the um, 1984. So okay, just gotcha. Putting a bow on top of that discussion. Isn't that the draft? Isn't 84 the Jordan draft? Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon um, draft. Sure sounds like. It. Yep. Uh, number one overall pick was Akeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jordan, Barkley, John yeah. Stockton. Yep. Interesting. Um, well, that'll do it for this time. We're going to start doing these uh, pretty regularly from here on out. There's just so much of an appetite to talk about this team and this program. And it's just such an exciting time with recruiting, with what's coming on the court. School has started. Um, the Something season new. is not, the schedule is going to come out soon. Yeah. I mean, we're really only about a month away from preseason practices starting. Um, and, and about a little over, like probably about two and a half months from that first game. Yeah. So feels it's like coming. Feels like something new every day is, uh, is happening with this, with this program. So it's coming. Well, we're going to have tons of coverage at commercialappeal.com in the weeks and months ahead. Jason Munns is all over this thing. Um, Till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. We will uh, see you next time.